Vincent. I thought for sure you would have some very uh, fun, snarky reports about all the ridiculous DC stuff going on, but instead you're glued onto target date funds and fund flows in your latest report. What's going on here? Well, let me just look back a little bit and give you the dates of the last four market bottoms. Okay. Remember February 2018, we had the XIV blow up. Market mm -hmm. bottom on March 23, 2018. Uh, fourth quarter of 2018, we had what should be called the Powell bear market. Ended up on December 24, 2018. Of course, the big COVID bear market ended up on March 23, 2020. And the, let's call it the summer NASDAQ correction seems to have ended on September 23, 2020. Mm. Now, if you'll notice, this is the same, this is the last week of the third quarter, uh, the last week of the, of the, of the la third month of the quarter every time. And four times it's on the same day, the 23rd. The only exception is the uh, Christmas 2018, which was on the 24th because the 23rd was the Friday. The what Sunday. the heck is going so on? Exactly. Like, what, what are the odds statistically to get four bottoms on exactly the same date? Um, it's as if there was a massive whale that, you know, just came in at the bottom and sweeped everything and just propped the market back up. Now, you know, if you go into it, you know, you'll have all sorts of conspiracy theories that, you know, the Fed's doing it, Mnuchin is calling Powell, um, you know. I prefer to think of it in simple terms. This does have uh, some what? conspiracy vibes already, Vincent. This is like a Halloween report early. <laughs> yes. Now, unfortunately, there is no uh, occult hand behind this. Uh, what's going on is simply that over the past decade, we've moved further and further down the road of passive. We have shifted 401k contributions into target date funds. You have new DOL rules on the QDIA, Qualified Default Investment Option, that effectively ensures that, you know, five to 10% of every American's paycheck eventually get routed to a target date fund, which eventually ends up buying one of these massive Vanguard mutual fund. I mean, I think the largest Vanguard US equity mutual fund has a trillion in asset. Now, what do target date funds do is they try to keep a constant asset allocation. You know, say you're in your 30s, you'll be in the aggressive one, 2060 retirement, you'll be 90% stock, 10% bonds, and so forth. And what happens when the market's down 20%? Well, these weights, you know, go out of balance. They suddenly underweight stock. So when the market is down 20%, you have this complex which manages more than 3 trillion in assets that actually needs to buy uh, legally, even in front of a like, fiduciary duty, they have to go back to the weight. Uh, so when the market plummets, you get this nice uh, contrarian buy right at the end of the quarter um, in order to get back on weights. And I've actually measured the correlation between the flows into these massive uh, equity whales, the Vanguard uh, mutual funds, into which a lot of that money goes, and stock market returns, and it's negative 80% with the market returns. So there's a negative 80% correlation between flows into these large equity mutual funds, which get target date fund money, and stock market returns. And to me, that supports my theory that this is the whale that has been coming in the market and buying on the last Friday of the quarter in each of the past four corrections. Okay, so uh, come back to the correlation for a sec. You're saying that the flows going into the big Vanguard funds, these target date funds, are inversely correlated with the market. Uh, so the money's coming out as the market's going up, and then the money's coming in once the market's gone down. 
Uh, correct, correct. And, and this is extremely counterintuitive because like, the first thing you, you hear about flows is usually flow chase returns, right? So usually you see this positive correlation between flows and returns. For most ETFs, most investment vehicle, you know, if the sector's hot, money comes in. For these massive Vanguard equity whales, it's the exact opposite. They buy in the opposite direction of the simultaneous. So if the market's down, they will buy. If the market is up, they will sell. And that is exactly what you need to do if your goal is to keep a constant allocation. I mean, you need to buy the asset that goes down and you need to sell the asset that goes up. So this constantly, this mm -hmm. constant rebalancing basically ensures that the market cannot go down for more than a quarter, even if we have a global pandemic, even if we have the, yeah, the VIX at 85, even if we have negative oil prices, because you know that at the end of the quarter, if the market is down 30%, these trillion dollar funds are gonna have to buy, you know, like 300 billion in stocks to get back to their target weight. So what's the point? Does it ever end? Um, is there always going to be this buyer? I mean, Vanguard's got all this money coming in from all different directions of people that want exposure to stocks. Right? Is this not just the whole kind of uh, neural network of the market continuing to put money into stocks because they usually go up and then when they go down, they buy them because everybody's RAA and their advisors and stuff are saying, hey, you know, market's down, buy. You need a dollar cost average, all this stuff. I mean, is this just not stocks going up? Yeah, that's wonderful, man. We, we've invented a perpetual motion ma machine. I mean, we had this, you know, template that, you know, stocks must return 8 to 9% for, I don't know why, but that's what academics have decided, that there has to be a negative correlation between stocks and bonds. And we started acting upon it by creating this entire industry that, mm. you know, it's almost like making your own reality. And I kind of agree with you that it's extremely hard to think what could break this machine? I mean, every correction you see, basically the active well, trend change, basically, right? All, I mean? you, all you need is trend change, right? This is a huge problem if those returns don't live up to expectations. I mean, this is like you know, technicals like 101. You follow the trend, but then when it changes, it gets problematic. Right, but it's the inverse of technicals. Right? Generally, I would say a lot of yeah, sure. is about following the momentum, right? While here, it is a uh, contrarian flow, right? It buys the dip, it buys the correction. So that makes it a lot harder to have a change in, a meaningful change in trend because as soon as an asset is down, it immediately get, gets bid back up by these flows. So it's almost impossible to have like, you know, I would argue that COVID was a massively negative shock for the, the future earnings of the S&P 500 index, mm -hmm. but, if you have target date funds that are just going to buy the thing anyway because it's down 20%, you will never see this kind of convergence of uh, price with fundamentals. Vincent, uh, you know, on the one hand, I know I'm, I'm trying to play both sides here to make sure to try and, you know, uh, play, play both ends and be fair. So since I've tried to kind of cast this as just business as usual, let me go the other way then for a sec. Because if this is happening because there's an assumption that stocks always go up, that's what we've known for a decade, that puts always been in the market, you want to hit a six and a half to seven and a half percent return or seven or eight or whatever these pension funds or whatever the allocators have in mind when they buy these big funds. If that then doesn't live up to expectations and the trend does turn, it kind of has this sort of titanic implication that yes. uh, once it does turn and it's possible that it could, right? Anything's possible. If the trend does turn, then that's a really, really, really big unwind of trend. Yes, I mean, I think the template with that would be kind of what happened with uh, XIV in a way, uh, you know, that the short vol ETF that blew up is that, 
Right. You know, for the longest time, the more people, you know, sh uh, people were shorting volatility. As they were doing that, volatility was going down. We had the VIX swing at seven, and then suddenly, snap, it just breaks. Because I think this is what happens, you know, the, the saying when an uh, unstoppable force uh, meets an, um, an unmovable object. I think that's where we are going. I, I view the whole target date fund buying index fund Vanguard whale as an unstoppable force. But at the same time, as you point out very wisely, this is unsustainable. I mean, we have, you know, the, uh, it was funny. I, I heard Nicole, you know, mentioning the P's on, on Zoom, like, you know, like 60 times sales. Like, I mean, if we have these kind of valuations and these very low levels of yield, it is mathematically impossible for the actual assumption on, on capital market expectation to be true. It's impossible for stocks to return 9% a year forever, given where we are in terms of valuation. It is mathematically impossible for bonds to return more than their yield to maturity. So all these models are flawed, but yet the money keeps pouring it. And in a way, as long as it, as long as it happens, the illusion keeps happening and the music keeps playing. Vincent, and here's the look at the correlations. I mean, it does, and you're looking at a two-year correlation here. Uh, you know, the funds are doing what they're supposed to do, judging by this negative correlation. I mean, right. it's like negative 80. That's a pretty strong correlation. Right. And you see it grow, by the way. You, you see that back back early in, uh, you know, before the great financial crisis, before targeted funds were such a big thing, you know, there was no real relation between the flows into these fidelity mutual funds uh, and market returns, right? Sometimes up, sometimes down. It was fine, just people buying and selling, normal market activity. And then since we had these changes in the DOL rules when it comes to uh, 401k uh, default investment plans, you see a correlation getting more and more negative to the point where effectively what they are now is just a vehicle, a low-cost vehicle for target date funds to get back to their target weights and thus trade against the market. Vincent, I think that uh, in conclusion, we can uh, one last question for you, which goes into my question I'm going to be asking pretty much all my guests today. It has to do with the support by monetary policy for this market, the Fed put, the balance sheet expansion. Uh, I know that many look at the way the market bounced back, it, you know, bottoms out with the balance sheet expansion. We've also gone horizontal now for some time as the market both went up and then it's come back down. So the question here is, what in your mind do we need fiscally to fill the shoes of monetary policy? I don't necessarily think it's impossible that you could have a market continue to go up without the Fed at its back if you've got a huge amount of correctly targeted policy. I don't know what it is, but in theory, but right now, it seems like we're debating one, two, three trillion. Is any of that even close to have the same asset price effect as the Fed did? Well, I, I think um, what, what worries me a little bit about the, the current situation is that it, between fiscal and monetary is that it, it reminds me a bit of what happened in Europe uh, for most of the past decade, where the central bank is starting to feel okay now i've got my job I've, I've done my job i've done everything that i could guys you know I've, 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 I've tripled my balance sheet i bought everything that has a qcip um you know i don't have the authority to tax and spend uh, the only people who can do it is the fiscal authority and you know in europe it did not happen because the germans and the italians couldn't couldn't agree on, on the appropriate level of spending i feel like we are in somewhat a similar situation where you know the fed is like trying to pass the baton to the fiscal authority and sure they make noise and oh i'm talking to pelosi and yada yada but 
it seems to me that politically it's going to be very hard to get uh, a deal, certainly before the election. I, I don't see uh, any incentive really for the Democrats to, to give that to Trump. So I think that will make the market vulnerable as we head into the election. But then if my theory on target date fund is correct, it doesn't really matter because, you know, the market may drop 10, 15, 20 percent as people realize that the Fed put may not be as strong as they thought it was and that there is actually no fiscal put. But there is a target date put. You know that by the end of the quarter, if stocks are down 20 percent, target date funds will need to increase their allocation to stock by 20%. And that in itself will be enough to put the floor under the market.